Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, William Lou. This episode of the Raptors Everything Podcast is brought to you by our official sponsor, Kentucky Fried Chicken, the new official food of basketball. So make sure you're never missing buckets. Order yours online at kfc.ca and get it before tip-off. So... I'm recapping the Toronto Raptors 118 to 101 win over the Phoenix Suns and um yo <laughs> Pascal was very good in this one. Pascal was very good. It's um you know, look, first came back from uh you know, a 9-day break for most of the players. Obviously Pascal and Kyle played in the All-Star game and Nick and the coaching staff were there minus Sergio Scariolo who I think continues to be in Spain with the national team. Um but you know, there's been a long layoff you expect guys to be a little bit rusty, and early on, it seemed to be one of those games where you know um, there's a lot of uncharacteristic turnovers. Um, defensively, it wasn't as sound as you would normally expect from the Raptors, uh, but it was very short-lived. <laughs> it was very short-lived. Maybe the first five minutes were sloppy. After that point, Pascal Siakam took over, and you know I'll just start. I mean, first off, Pascal has 37 points tonight with 12 rebounds, three blocks, like just. A really, really nice night for Pascal overall. But um, the biggest thing with Pascal, not even necessarily with the skill and everything like that, even though a lot of that was promising, but it was just the energy. The energy in this game is completely different today. Um, I don't know if it's just the all-star break rejuvenating him. Um, But, yeah, I mean, there's a couple of games there, you know, before the, um, you know, coming into sort of the all-star break where he kind of looked like, he was out of gas. I mean, not to single him out because it wasn't just Pascal, but, man, did you watch that Nets game in the fourth quarter of that Nets game? Pascal was dragging his feet, barely involved, didn't want the ball that much. you know. And there were a couple games like that where Pascal had um, just his endurance in terms of as a number one guy has not necessarily been uh, as high as you would normally expect. Obviously, last year, Pascal... Um, and pretty much every season up to this point, you know, has sort of been the energizer bunny. And we know what Pascal can do when he has, um, you know, a full tank. And it just seemed like Pascal was not able to get to that full tank. After this break, after this layoff, obviously he played in the game, but after getting some time off, Pascal looks amazing, man. Pascal looked amazing. Like, this is one of his best games of the season. I know, it's whatever. It's the Suns. Like, they don't have a guy to guard him. They don't really play great team defense, um, you know, but, man, Pascal just, he, you know, it, it was noticeably different what he did tonight. Uh, his energy reminded – this game reminded me a lot of actually his game on opening night against the New Orleans Pelicans where on ring night Pascal comes out and he gives you like 35 and 18. Like tonight, kind of similar, 37 and 12 with the blocks. And, um, you know, Pascal's at his best when he can give you this like two-way production where it's not even just like, yeah, he's going to score, but um, – you know, he's also going to give it to you on the, the defensive end. And Pascal, you know, at his very best, when he's energized, when he's motivated, when he's good to go and everything like that, when he's rested, this guy can impact both ends of the floor. That's why he is a guy who is talked about as a superstar because he has his level of impact. I thought he was really good tonight. And really, it was Pascal who kind of got this game going in terms of just for the Raptors. 
breaking through that barrier um, offensively. You know, he was uh, the face-up game was working for him. The jumpers were working for him. He hit five threes tonight. Every time he hits five threes, it's a thirty-point game. Period. Like you're just not going to stop him from the other parts of the game. And when he knocks down that jumper, when he has that face-up game going, that face-up game honestly is probably the difference between the Raptors being a very good club and the Raptors being an elite club uh, and that ability to play face up consistently um, you know maybe it's part of I mean it's not maybe it's probably due to the the, the fatigue and the toll sort of taken on his body and of course the injury to his groin but um, you know that face up game had sort of been lost for Pascal like he's been doing a lot of back to the basket post up um, slow down the offense like that and it's it's okay I mean he can post up he can score he can get his buckets in isolation but it just makes you a lot more dynamic when you have that face-up element of your game and Pascal tonight man that face-up game like he had a number of pull-up threes like and it was like from start to finish like it was just um he had I would say that his best bucket of the night I mean, he's 37 points a lot of plays and a couple of plays in crunch time just gonna seal it um for the Raptors but his best play of the night for me is that, you know, he did a – he, he kind of, like, crossed over and did, like, a big step back, I think, against Dario Saric, who, uh, as you imagine, Herbie had a very fun time pronouncing uh, all the, you know, characters in that name. But, um, yeah, I mean, Pascal stepped back on Dario Saric, hit the pull-up three, and he had a, a couple of pull-up threes where in the pick-and-roll, you know, the defenders would sag, and, and he would just, there was no hesitation, nothing. He would just rise up and shoot the three. And what's funny about Pascal shooting the three is that, this is something that Alex noted, is that, you know, Pascal will go through a shoot-around, and um, he'll just, he'll, he'll, he just looks rusty. I don't know. He'll, like, be loosey-goosey, miss some shots and things like that, and um, you always think, wow, man, the, the shoot-around, it, it's, it's looking tough for him. But then, then somehow he always goes into the game and, and performs and hits everything. Um, I don't really quite get that part about his game. But, yeah, Pascal was really, really good tonight. He sort of set the tone for the Raptors um, on both ends of the floor, really. You know, um, Defensively, like his, he was really good there, too. And, that, again, that's where the energy comes in because we know Pascal can be an impactful defender, even though Pascal has had moments where he's been, you know, had a couple of lapses and things like that. He's still contesting a ton of threes. He's still among the lead leaders in that front. He's still guarding multiple positions, you know, guarding point guards, guarding centers. He started the game today guarding Booker. He, he blocked a three early in the game. And, you know, he was just consistently a factor around the basket in terms of just collecting loose balls and in terms of rotating and contesting shots of the rim. Just the, the overall energy was just much improved. And really just maintaining that energy, sustaining that energy uh, is so key because if Pascal can play at this level – you know, this is, yeah, the Raptors go really, really damn far. Pascal played amazing tonight. He played like a superstar tonight. That's for damn sure. Um, but, yeah, Pascal sort of set the tone early, you know. Um, and, you know, the Raptors just kind of pulled ahead from there. The second quarter, Raptors offensively, um, you know, really sort of just was able to play on the fast break. The Raptors are getting stops defensively. Uh, I thought Terrence Davis was really good in the second quarter there. Terrence... Um, playing in transition, getting Kyle a couple of uh, assists just by leaking out and Kyle finding the breakaway guy because he always does that. He loves playing fast. And Terrence, you know, even just sneaking back door and pulling out for three and everything like that, it was just um, 
Terrence Davis, honestly, he played that Norman Powell role to a perfection. Like that's 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 sort of his role now that Norm has been heard. Is they need a guy who can come in off the bench and give you a scoring and be aggressive with his offense, play off the ball and attack. And when he's really feeling a play on the ball, and that's basically what Terrence Davis is doing. Um, you know, the fourteen points, twenty five minutes, uh, with three rebounds and an assist, a steal. Uh, a lot of that scoring came in the second quarter where the Raptors won thirty six to twenty. And so the Raptors, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, they overcame a little bit of a sluggish start, and they really sort of pulled ahead and, and had control of the game. Um, and really, it was only in the third quarter where things kind of got weird. And I don't say weird in the sense that officiating seemed to really get to the Raptors. Um, you know, this is a stretch where Kyle sort of picked up a technical, and um, Nick Nurse picked up a technical, and it was just, it was odd. You know, it was very odd. And most importantly, Serge Ibaka picked up like four fouls in the quarter, in the third quarter, and he sit for majority of the second half because he couldn't play with five fouls. Um, but yeah, that seemed to really sort of slow the Raptors down offensively, and and sort of got the Raptors out of their game defensively too. Because you know, a couple of things are going on. I thought um, defensively, the Raptors sort of just let up their guard a little bit, which it's to be expected when you're up like twenty five at halftime. Like you know, it's kind of natural to sort of ease up a little bit. Um, and you know the, the Suns are able to get out and transition a little bit more. They're able to sort of uh, attack the Raptors' defense when it wasn't set. And even when the Raptors did get set, you know the rotations weren't necessarily as crisp. But also, it's just it seemed like the Raptors were sort of like I don't know, man, um, shooting themselves in the foot. Like uh, one thing with Kyle is that like obviously Kyle goes after the referees all the time. He goes after them every single game. And that's normal. Like this is just what Kyle Lowry does. He 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 hounds and he and he begs for every call and everything like that. And and that's you know kind of his way to sort of stay involved. And that's sort of the, the edge like to play with. But at the same time, you know there are times where Kyle is sort of so wrapped up in that game that it kind of screws up the balance for the rest of the team. Don't forget he's the floor general for the club. And it's not saying that Kyle played a bad game tonight. Um, you know it, it's he, he finished with thirteen points, ten assists, five rebounds. But the turnovers were a little uncharacteristic. You know, he had some early on that sort of really got the Raptors off to a bit of a slow start offensively. And just uncharacteristic ones where he would throw lazy passes. And usually it was uh, Ricky Rubio picking it off and going the other way. Um, but just Kyle sort of, you know, getting he's got, got really frustrated with the officials and, you know, sort of playing to sort of uh, the whistle and trying to, like, spite the whistle almost. And, and you know, this is something where we've seen out of Kyle in previous years, that uh, that streak where, you know, he kind of loses control. He hasn't really done it this year, which so I, I really got to commend Kyle because, you know, he's been really under control with that. But, uh, yeah, it felt like, you know, the game kind of became a little bit sloppy. Uh, and, of course, Serge falling, uh, basically getting into very significant foul trouble. Uh, was definitely a problem because it forced the Raptors to go to their backup centers. And, um, yeah, you know, the Suns pulled back in. Third, they won the third quarter 35-26. to 26, And it didn't necessarily create, like, a tight finish because the Raptors were pretty comfortably ahead, like 7 to 10 points usually. Um, but, you know, it, the Suns were kind of lingering around. You know, they would hit occasional corner threes, and it was like, all right, well, the Raptors got to bring the starters back in. And to their credit, the starters came back in, and, and they finished the job. I mean, really, Serge Ibaka came back in, and it seemed like everything else was stabilized. Um, you know, Rondé, I thought, did a really good job, you know, and did his best at center. Obviously, he's playing out of position playing center, but uh, he played with a lot of heart. He defended really hard. He defended really well, to be honest. But offensively, there are, there are concerns with Rondé playing and, and sort of what that does offensively to your team in terms of a, a guy who's not really shooting the ball much and not really finishing uh, that much around the basket. Uh, and of course, you know, 
you know, he's just it, it's a problem because Marcus Gasol's out, and Marcus Gasol is a guy who should be um, the starting center for this team. He should be out there organizing the defense, should be out there creating plays and being a positive two-way player. But uh, the recent update from Nick Nurse went from Mark is going to be back very soon to Mark. Well, hopefully we get him back before the playoffs and get him 8 to 12 games, which is definitely a difference in the prognosis. But, um, yeah, so the Raptors had to bring the starters back in. And once Serge Ibaka came back into the game, though, it, it really did feel like everything was stabilized. The Raptors had a legitimate center on the floor, someone who could guard Aiden, someone who can guard DeAndre Aiden, someone who could win that DeAndre Aiden matchup. And, um, yeah, I mean, I thought Serge played really well. I mean, first off, the KFC bucket of the game, has to be <laughs> Serge Ibaka checks into the game. Kyle Lowry, they're, they're running on a fast break. They don't even have numbers. Really, it, it, I, I think it was an even fast break. Maybe there were more defenders back, but Kyle Lowry finds Serge Ibaka on the wing. Serge Ibaka, fresh off the bench, no hesitation whatsoever, pulls up for three on the wing and banks in a three. Uh, I doubt that that was the intention, but, you know, whatever. But, uh, yeah, it was definitely... Uh, a big three there. The Raptors got another three on the following possession to sort of stretch the lead, force the Suns into the timeout. And after that, the Raptors pl- played a lot better defensively. I thought Serge was really good at deterring shots around the rim. The OG was really good at that. Pascal was really good at that. And then, yeah, they got on the fast break and they scored. Kyle leading the fast break usually, finding OG, finding Pascal, Pascal finding OG. And pretty much that was that. The Raptors just had to make one hard push and, and beat the Suns. And, you know, that's... That's what you kind of expect, really. The Raptors are a really damn good team. The Suns are better than previous years, but they're still not a very good team. And they're on the road, and the Raptors, you know, took it to a level defensively where the Suns couldn't match it. And that's it. That's that's the game. But, you know, it was an interesting game. Like, even though the, the, the final score, you know, the Raptors winning by 17, there were some moments in the second half where there was uncertain or sort of ragged play. But for the most part... Um, you know, a solid win. You know, the Raptors get to 41 and 15 on the season. Uh, you know, and they have a couple home games here, you know, against Indiana and against uh, uh, Milwaukee. And so some tougher te- tests ahead. But for the most part, it's no complaints. They, they started the second half on a very, very strong note. I thought um, a couple things on the game uh, before I get to three stars and everything like that. I thought defensively the Raptors had a really good game plan. Um, you know, the key to stopping the Suns is stopping Devin Booker. The Suns actually did a really good job early in the season, sort of spreading the possession and letting everyone on play with the ball. It seemed like in this game, and uh, it just seemed like the, the Suns really fixated on playing through Booker. And so, uh, you know, the Raptors just did a really good job of limiting Booker in the pick and roll. Like, he had 21 points and 8 assists, but he was a minus 24 in 34 minutes. Um, and a lot of that was just the Raptors forced him into positions where the Raptors um, were going advant- to be at an advantage. In the sense that, coming out to pick and roll, the Raptors sent two guys at Booker. You know, they usually had length on him, either in the form of OG or in the form of Pascal Siakam. They put length on him. Uh, and then they trapped them up the pick and roll uh, with the center coming up to help. So this really took away the middle of the floor because it's just hard for Booker to pass over all that length. And so they kind of like forced Booker basically to consistently kick it out to shooters. And the Raptors actually did a really good job, not only just forcing the shots to shooters, but rotating over the shooters. It was almost like the Raptors um, knew exactly where the pass was going to go. It's probably just good scouting on the part of the Raptors. But you know, Booker threw a lot of cross-court passes to the weak side of the floor. And the Raptors were always 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 meeting um the shooter at the exact time the the ball met the shooter and so you know that that produced either block threes i think by my count the raptors blocked four threes with uh boucher blocking two of them og blocking one and pascal blocking one 
Um, but also, you know, the Raptors did a really good job of not only just pressuring that corner shooter when the pass came uh, and, and blocking the shot, but sometimes even forcing turnovers by, you know, getting the guy to attack the closeout and for them to step out of bounds or to have, you know, travels and things like that. Um, I thought defensively they did a really good job against um, Booker. And Booker, you know, he found a, a couple ways through it. I mean, he's a really good player. He played a little bit faster. You know, there were gaps in the Raptors' defense in the second half. Uh, you know, he threw the over the top pass uh, to Aiden a little bit more. He got a little bit more creative in terms of just finding the pass in the middle instead of the wing. But for the most part, the Raptors did a really good job defensively against Booker. If you told me he has 21 points on 18 shots and only has one three-pointer made, uh, I'm taking that every single time. And so I thought defensively the Raptors came with a good plan. And, you know, this is where you got to just really credit the Raptors coaching staff and Nick Nurse and his staff. I mean, you know, Nick Nurse, I think there's already a pretty good case for him to win coach of the year. Uh, the team is forty-one and fifteen, it's, despite all the injuries, is amazing. But um, yeah, one of the things that the Raptors' defense does really well is just they shut down number one guys. Uh, number one guys cannot operate against the Raptors. It just has rarely happened all year. Um, sometimes they go to the extreme and they double team James Harden right at half court, and it leads to Ben McLemore threes or whatever. But for the most part, you're just not going to be able to play the way you want to against the Raptors. Like, they're going to make you go to your secondary options, your third options. And, and that's really, you know, the basis of a good defense is just, you know, they force you to find another way. And a lot of teams, they, can't, they don't have another way to play. Like the Suns, yo, if Devin Booker's not awesome, like the Suns probably aren't winning a lot of games that way. Especially now where they're not sharing the ball as much. So, um, defensively, I thought the game plan was really good. Um, you know... Uh, one guy got a really shout out there is OG defensively just OG I mean the four blocks for OG I, I love when OG blocks shots he totally has the capability to do it uh, you know it's there are games where he's engaged there are games where he's less engaged things like that but tonight was definitely an example of OG uh, stepping up to the task and just like coming up with multiple plays and, and, and what's really impressive about OG is that he blocks a lot of jumpers and it's one on one. Guys try to go on him, and he blocks your jumper, and that's that's rare, especially for good, uh, really, really skilled offensive players like Devin Booker. Like, there's one play in the first half where Booker came out the pick and roll, you know, sort of probed inside, and then did a little step back for a mid range jumper. And most defenders would not be able to get to that shot. First off, because defenses are trying to encourage mid range pull ups, and second of all, because you know you're stepping back in the mid range. Like, generally speaking, there's not a lot of guys that are able to. You mean contest a shot from a guy like Booker, who's six seven? He pull up, you know, it's got good footwork, and OG still blocks him. And you know that's the ability that OG has defensively. Like we saw it obviously in that game winning block against, um, or game saving block, I would say against uh, Karis Levert in that Nets game. And you know OG just has that ability. I thought OG played really well tonight. The four blocks of steal, like it's again similar to Pascal. His energy was much higher. It's a return to the start of the year where OG would consistently have games where he would have five combined blocks slash steals. And um, whenever he does that, you know that he's definitely involved and he's definitely active. And he got a lot of minutes because of it. He played 39 minutes tonight from uh, from Nick Nurse and he got a couple of backdoor uh, layups and dunks. Uh, I thought Sir, uh, uh, Siakam's defense was really good as well. Um, and, you know, the other guy I got to really praise is Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. Like, man, can we just appreciate the fact that, okay, so Mark's out. It's obviously a very uh, unfortunate situation. Hopefully his hamstring comes back uh, and, and is and remains intact for the, 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 the playoff run. But it is definitely concerning that at his age, you know, he seems to have this nagging leg injury. That's not what you want to hear. But at the same time, Rondé has really stepped up in the last couple of games. All right, just take this in for a second. Rondé has gone up, you know, obviously, let's put aside the Nets game, all right? Before the Nets game, the 15th win of the 15-game win streak, Rondé is up there guarding Carl Anthony Towns. 
and doing a really damn good job at it. And arguably in that game, outplaying Carl Anthony Towns, okay? And that's the number one pick of, I think, what, 2015, 2016? Whatever. Carl Anthony Towns, number one pick, overall pick for a center. Uh, fast forward to today's game, going up against number one first overall pick, 2018, DeAndre Aiden. And Rondé Hollis Jefferson does a damn, damn good job against Aiden. First time, first off, Aiden is actually a guy who has a really good touch, finishes the ball, uh, finishes plays really well. Um, he has a hook shot. You know, that's not necessarily the most crafty guy, but definitely has a lot of strength and his good balance and everything like that. I mean, hey, he's the number one pick, right? First time Ronde, uh, Aiden goes against Rondé in the post. Rondé, first off, does a really good job fronting the post. Works like crazy, scraps, keeps the guy on his back, makes the pass over the top really difficult. And when the whenever he does actually eventually surrender position, Rondé does a really good job of holding his position and he forces guys out. Uh, so the first time Aiden actually tried to go against Rondé in the post, which should be a mismatch, Aiden tossed the right back out and um, the Suns got nothing out of it. And it was sort of that same pattern all night. I thought Rondé has, you know, in, in sort of back-to-back games, it's the same formula. He's six foot five, as he's told reporters now, uh, and he's going up against seven footers. And you know, the, the actual scrap and tenacity that he shows, uh, it's just really impressive. And, and you know, it makes you uh, appreciate just like how much this guy wants to win. I mean, it's not easy as a six foot five guy trying to go up against a guy in seven feet tall and not even just against regular seven footers we're not talking about like you know oh man he's fronting you know ryan hollins what a what an exhausting job or like no man he's post he's he's denying number one overall pick centers in the post and he's doing a really good job of it and offensively you know sure, there are problems ronde you know it's an adventure on, on offense um but, you know, it, it is interesting because I, I think Nick Nurse has sort of figured it out now where Rondé and Boucher are going to play it a lot together because they come off the bench together. And um, especially now that Marcus is out, like, these guys are going to play. And what he's basically figured out is they've switched the roles. Rondé Hollis-Jefferson at six foot five is the center, both offensively and defensively. All right, Offensively, because he can't shoot and because Boucher can kind of shoot, Rondé is the target of pick and rolls. He's coming off the screen, and he's basically finding gaps where if he can sort of sneak in behind the defense and sort of get a quick layup on the glass or things like that or draw a foul, that's basically the best-case scenario, and he's been doing that all right. And then defensively, you know, Boucher, he doesn't really front the post, um, and he's he's just a little bit too skinny to hold his position. At least Rondé's got a really solid base, and he can really fight and battle and make it really tough and just delay the offense in terms of just throwing the entry pass inside. So um, they've kind of inverted positions. Boucher, even though he's seven feet tall, he's now playing power forward, and um, he's not as involved because of it, but... You know, Boucher as a help defender, I mean, you know, that's something where it could really activate him. One of you one-on-one in the post, Boucher is not that great, but as a help defender rotating over to the rim, Boucher is really good. He had four blocks tonight. The Raptors did a really good job protecting the rim overall with 13 blocks on that night and also forcing uh, 17 turnovers from the Suns. Um, but, yeah, it just it kind of – everything kind of makes sense. And I throw in the fact that Boucher can also guard on the perimeter. Like, this guy, this guy must lead the NBA in blocks – Block threes per minute. Like, it, it's actually nuts how many times Chris Boucher is able to have one foot in the paint and still somehow recover to the three-point line and block shots. And, and he's, generally speaking, not bad at guarding perimeter players. He's really good at moving his feet. He's quick, and obviously he can definitely challenge a shot. So, um, yeah, you know, things things look good. Like, you know, the, the, you know, Evan Lee had some incredible uh, N1-style uh, layups, two very memorable ones. 
Uh, that would have been the KC bucket of the game if it wasn't for Serge Ibaka banking in a three. Um, and yeah, it was just you know it was a it was a fun game. It's it's nice to get back into the swing of things. Uh, in terms of your three stars, I'm gonna go with Pascal Siakam, obviously number one star, 37 points on 12 of 19 shooting with five of nine from three, eight of eight from the free throw line. So that's scoring every single level. You love to see that from Pascal. 12 rebounds, three assists, three blocks, plus 16, 38 minutes, superstar performance. Nothing else needs to be said. Second star, I'm giving that to. Uh, I'm actually giving that to Fred VanVleet. 14 points, seven rebounds, seven assists, two steals, plus 18, 36 minutes. I thought it was really steady as a point guard. Didn't even hit all his threes, but definitely was able to drive inside, cross over, finish. Um, he had a really nice spin move against uh, Kelly Oubre in transition where he completely left him in the dust and went in for the layup. Um, and then another move where he sort of drove uh, headfirst at DeAndre Ayton, crossed over, and sort of snuck in the reverse layup. Uh, Fred has, Fred's got all the moves, man. And Fred, Fred was really in control, really steady tonight, uh, and, and played really well in terms of with Pascal Siakam in that two-man game. They're, they're always very good in terms of that chemistry, dating back to when they came into league together, went to the G League together, won a G League championship, came off the bench together, and, you know, won an NBA championship together. Turns out you get a lot of uh, chemistry when you do all that stuff together. And then your third star... Yeah, there's a couple ways you can go with it. Uh, for me personally, I'm going to go with OJ Anobi. 12 points, 5 rebounds, an assist, a steal, 4 blocks, 5 of 9 shooting from the field. <laughs> the only knock I was with OG is that he, he missed some open threes and uh, he left two layups on the rim that he should have really finished. But overall, defensively, the energy was there. His on-ball on defense against Booker was one of the big keys to winning this game. So, you know, uh, that's a good performance there. But, you can, of course, you can give it to Serge. You can give it to Rondé. You can give it to, you know... Even Terrence Davis off the bench. There's a lot of good things happening tonight. In terms of your Gerald Henderson Award, that, um, geez, uh, I mean, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to give it to Javon Carter, all right? First off, this guy, <laughs> this, uh, this, this foot locker employee in training, um, yeah, I mean, he definitely did a really good PJ Tucker impersonation, was very annoying and pesky. Uh, press Kyle Lowry up and down the floor, even forced Kyle Lowry into a, uh, a, a backcourt violation. And, you know, just generally was super annoying. I, I, you know, the Suns didn't get a lot of great performances tonight, so it's, it's hard to pick one. But, hey, he was a plus seven in 12 minutes, and he was mad annoying and kind of reminded me of P.J. Tucker. Um, you know, so, yeah, there you go, Javon Carter. I mean, he's, he's a solid player. I, I, he was a solid player with the Grizzlies, too. But, yeah, definitely uh, mad annoying tonight. And so, yeah, that, that, that does it for the podcast. I know some people want me to bring back the Pat Patterson Award because uh, he continues to just put his foot on his mouth. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I, he's just, yeah, I'm done with Pat, man. I'm just, it's, it's over, whatever. He's, uh, yeah, I mean, if you, if you haven't seen it already, he had some thoughts on the Lakers-Clippers game being uh, rescheduled and, and uh, you know, due to, obviously, the circumstances in which were that Kobe Bryant and his daughter and seven others, you know, died in a plane crash. Like, can you not understand the circumstances and work with it? I don't understand. Also, you're Patrick Patterson. Like, who, who cares? But still, um, yeah, the guy's irrelevant. I don't want to make him relevant at all with anything. So, that does it for the podcast. Uh, actually, one more thing I got to say, a programming note. So if, if you have been watching the Raptors over everything live call-in show um, with me and Josh Hart, uh, first off, thank you. 
for doing it. Thank you for calling in. Thank you for leaving messages on the KFC hotline, which you can do by tr- dropping a voice note to the uh, as a direct message to the Yahoo Sports Canada Instagram page. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to get questions. I'd love to get hot takes, whatever you want. Uh, but yeah, if you have been watching the Raptors Everything Live uh, call-in show, we're actually moving that time away from the Friday time slot of 3.30 p.m. <laughs> they're, they're moving the bleachers behind me. Um, yeah, we're moving that time slot from 3.30 on Fridays to uh, 6 p.m. on Mondays. So look out for that. It's still going to be in the same place. It's still going to be streamed on YouTube. Uh, so you can look for that. But, yeah, the time change is now from Friday to Monday. So we just did a show today. We got calls from Vitaly, everything like that. It was a great time. But we are also going to come back to you on Monday. So look out for that at 6 p.m. Uh, it's still the same format, still everything else. still going to be an hour. It's still going to be a good time. Um, and then the other program we note is just, like, thanks, everyone, for, for uh, hanging in there. I, I realized that there was no uh, post-game podcast and post-game coverage after the Raptors lost the Nets. Granted, you probably didn't want any because that game just boiled down to everyone was tired and no one could hit shots, whatever. Um, but, you know, thanks, everyone, for listening to the episode of the Raptors winning their 15th straight game. I recorded that on my laptop because uh, I didn't bring a microphone and the mixer and everything like that to uh, my vacation. So that's why the sound sounded more warbly than usual. But I appreciate everyone hanging in there. I'm, uh, uh, I'm very happy to be back. You know, it's, uh, you know, I, I love, <laughs> I love, I love, uh, I had a great time in Mexico. You know, the weather was amazing. Um, when I left, it was 30 degrees. And when I landed in Pearson, it was minus 10. So that 40 degree change was not great. Uh, but, you know, I was super excited to come back, honestly, just because, like, I missed the team. I, I, I really, as like everyone else, I love the Raptors. And this team is irresistible. I, I want to watch them every single day. And I'm very happy they're back. So, um, I appreciate everyone sort of uh, holding down. And of course, you know, big shouts to Alex and Ashley and Ben and everyone who has sort of held down running back and everything like that. All our Raptor coverage at Yahoo Sports Canada during um, my vacation. But I'm back and uh, yeah, everything's good. Oh, and also one more thing. Um, I'm also teaching uh, a class, oddly enough. It's a, it's a, it's a four it's it's a lecture. It's a class that involves four lectures. It's uh, it's uh, for flying books to, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm teaching a seminar kind of thing on covering basketball. So uh, if you are someone who is interested in sort of learning, not necessarily about just writing, but just covering and, and sort of the social media age and um, you know podcasting and video and social and everything like that, um, I'm going to be teaching class and I will have. Alex Wong and Blake Murphy is uh, guest lecturers on two of those um, and we're going to watch a game together in, in the fourth le- uh, lesson I think that will be the last game of the season against uh, the Orlando Magic so it, it's it's really fun and if you, if you want uh, you know more details on that uh, class uh, you can um, find it in my Twitter uh, at William underscore Lou but yeah that's enough programming notes for now the Raptors are back in the winning column Pascal looks refreshed and is playing like a superstar Things are very, very good. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, I'll be back on the Reaction Podcast uh, on Sunday when the Raptors uh, play the Pacers again for some reason. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.